Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Eureka, the show that gets under the skin of science as we invite a new expert every week to help us answer one of science's most interesting questions. I'm Rick Edwards. And I'm Dr. Michael Brooks. Fellow, we've not had the reminder for a while that you're not a real doctor, so I'll just pop that in there. He's not a real <laughs> doctor. Uh, and today, we're no, no time to respond. Uh, and today we're going to talk about concussions, so specifically sports-related concussions. Okay, right. I mean... My, ever ever my, have one? I have had one once. I don't know if you call it sports related, gymnastics related. Okay. So we're doing, like, I'm at school in yeah. PE lesson. We're doing head springs. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you go to the, you run to the springboard, yeah. you spring onto the vault thing, put your hands yeah. down and your head down. Yeah. Con- in a controlled manner, spring off the other side. Yeah. I looked at this. I was like, fuck me. There's no way that I'm going to pull this off. Mm-hmm. But to my credit, I gave it a go, ran in, hit the springboard, <laughs> head straight into the vault, uh-huh. <laughs> crumpled. Mm-hmm. PE teacher doubled over laughing. Apparently, I don't know because I wasn't really conscious. Yeah. Apparently, everyone enjoyed it. That sounds funny. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I've not had one in my football career. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of a single time when I've even clashed heads, actually. It's just, you know, I'm just too, uh, probably too controlled, too good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, could be that, I suppose. I think I went through uh, a period um, when I was young of just repeatedly, uh, like, needing stitches. But it's only once in, in my head. Uh, so there was, What, from uh, collisions with other heads? No, no. So uh, tripped over the front doorstep, needed to have uh, quite a lot of stitches in, in, my, in my forehead, uh, smashed uh, sort of... You know, you sort of duck under a, like there's a sort of iron bar, basically. I sort of ducked under and came up too too quickly. Yeah, uh, like right <laughs> on the top of the head, and that was that's the time actually. I think that I did, I did black out, uh, but but a little bit afterwards. So I sort of, I mean, it's, it's so dumb. So we were yeah. playing football in the playground, and the ball went over the fence, and so you could go through a little gate and then run but you know the excitement it was just pure excitement to get the ball and so we could start playing again as quickly yeah. as possible that's why I misjudged yeah, yeah. ducking under this uh, smacked my head got the ball back in and then, imme- and then immediately just like crumpled to the ground but then I did sort of I think I did kind of black out and did stitches for that as well the best one was on a, a a water park in Holland first first thing we went on me and my dad 
Uh, and it's one of those things where you're sort of going down, just going down a massive slide yeah. on on some sort of you know mat or or tray, and uh, and and specifically, it just says, "Don't put your hands up." Uh, you just hang on to the hang on to the tray, and so me and my dad obviously go down, hands in the air, absolutely loving yeah, it. Yeah. And then when I got to the bottom, it just like levels out quite quickly, and because I wasn't holding onto the thing, head just uh, <laughs> like a body smacks. Just, just smacks back. I whack it really hard on on the slide, um, and there's and there's water as well, and the amount of blood, and we were just then just like staggering through this water part as everyone's <laughs> sort of looking for stuff, and the blood is just like pouring out. I mean, is horrible for the other uh, the other park visitors not great for me either um but <laughs> i don't think i mean i didn't black out but i mean i essentially i've whacked my head really hard quite a lot and i've done it playing playing football as well like the classic so i've i've had stitches up on the uh, eyebrow uh, on, on the eyebrow but then if you're if you're a center back that's sort of like a badge of honor really you've got yeah, to, yeah, you, yeah. you've got to have that um i'll tell you who has experienced concussion that baby that you dropped when you were hung over yeah. <laughs> if you if you don't know that story, listen back to our alcohol. It was it drugs. It was drugs, wasn't it? No, the, it was the drugs alcohol. episode. Uh, uh, oh, I can't remember. I can't remember which episode it I'm was. I'm pretty sure it was. Mm. Anyway, it's worth looking actually, for. Uh, drugs we, or alcohol? I, I, I saw one it was. that that uh, baby. No. Uh, at at the weekend, and and she's uh, well, she's about fourteen now, and she's absolutely <laughs> fine. Did you did you did you ask her? You know. Well, no, I've got no, no, I didn't. No, but and the yeah. parents have never told you about any cognitive issues. No, or like that. I think she's all good. It's fine. It's all fine. We'll draw a line under that then. Yeah. We've all been knocked around a bit playing sport. A slight tackle here, cheeky shove there. It seems that a few friendly tussles are just part of the game. But in recent years, there's been more and more research suggesting that repeated knocks and blows may be more severe than we originally thought. Concussions have made headlines with reports about the consequences of returning to play too soon and the possible long-term effects if concussions aren't treated properly. We take broken legs and fractured arms seriously. Is it time to take brain injury a bit more seriously too? That's why we're asking, is concussion a real issue in sports right now? Now, you're like this. Today's expert is Hannah Walker-Brown. Oh, I've heard is, of her. Who is our friend. <laughs> <laughs> the last time we... So, uh, Hannah used to... Uh, well, she used to work with us. Yeah. She yeah. used to produce... She's a, she's a our, former colleague. She is. She used to produce our, um, our musings on science. Lucky Hannah. Um, and uh, the last time I think that we we were out with her we were drinking huge uh sort of uh, goldfish bowl cocktails in was it swansea, swansea? yeah yeah <laughs> oh. she's good she's good fun yeah yeah that's what i'm saying great value um and uh and what's really been lovely like we haven't worked with her for for a few years but is watching how well she has done since uh, stopping working with <laughs> since, us. since she managed to get rid of yeah. us. Once she extricated herself from these uh, uh, these drains, <laughs> she's done fantastically. Uh, so she's she's written this book, uh, a delicate game: brain injury, sport, and sacrifice. She's also um, a great documentary maker, and she's the creative director at Broccoli Productions. She's essentially a very impressive and smart lady. 
and we like her. Yeah, I mean, I'm just hoping current producers don't realise how much we're holding them back. Yeah, don't listen to this bit. So it's probably helpful, first of all, just to talk about what a concussion is and how it affects the brain. So if you imagine the brain is um, a sort of soft, quite fragile sort of lump of jelly. It's that Mm. sort of consistency, really. Um, And it's got a load of protective membranes, and it's obviously got the hard casing of of the skull. And by and large, that is enough to protect the brain. Um, but if you have an impact, you can effectively sort of jolt the brain so that it smashes against the inside of the hard skull. So there's like yeah. an impact within within the brain, and then the, the the neurons, and you've got you know 86 billion neurons in in your brain. They are them, themselves quite delicate structures, and so they can get um, damaged by that impact. And then actually, weirdly when they get damaged, they can sort of release toxins that then do further damage to other neighbouring neurons. Um, and that's sort of the root of concussion. So okay. it's your, your brain getting shaken in its in its casing. So it's sort of uh, whacking up against yeah. ag- against the skull and getting and getting damaged. Now what is slightly tricky about concussion and probably the reason that it hasn't been treated as seriously as it should have been is that the way that concussion manifests itself is really varied um partly because everyone's brains are are, are different yeah but partly just because it's quite a it's such a complicated organ that all sorts of stuff can be affected and, and start going wrong and no two impacts are going to be the same either, no no two impacts are going to be the same so really hard to predict so you know literally i mean obviously this is uh sort of uh facile but different regions of the brain do different things yeah and you don't know exactly where the the, the impact is going right, to be yeah, or yeah, which yeah. even which part of the brain so if you think you're whacking it on your forehead it's probably the back of your brain that is then going to whack against the back of your skull um so yeah it's it's quite it's it's quite a broad spectrum of things that you can see off the back of a concussion. And so we got Hannah to explain the kind of things you might see. So I guess blackout, um, something that we can all recognise, sort of being knocked out, um, vomiting, dizziness, I guess they're the kind of standout concussion symptoms but these can be kind of much more minor again with the subconcussive you might not feel any of those things kind of straight off the bat but I think you know concussion can manifest very differently in different people um some people have an outpouring of emotion there's been rugby players who have been on the side of the pitch and just burst into tears and that's not because like you know they're really hurt but it's kind of that's where the concussion is manifested with them. So it isn't a kind of one-size-fits-all situation, which I think also, again, makes it much more difficult to manage or to kind of attempt to manage because it doesn't look the same for everyone. Something like a blackout, obviously, we know what that is, but people can still blackout whilst being conscious. You know, there's players that have said that they have finished a game, driven all the way home, and then not known how they've got there. Driving for two hours to get home, or, you know, players not remembering the second half of the match, they've just kind of got through on adrenaline. So they've blacked out during play, but they're they're still active. It's, it's a minefield. <laughs> so that just sounds awful. 
Mm. Like there's there's actually so much that can happen if you if you injure the brain. Yeah, it's sort of it's just, it should be obvious, shouldn't it? Yeah, I mean it's why if you don't smacking, drop people on their heads, isn't yeah. it? You know, it's sort of like you know that the head is yeah. is, is kind of vital and important. But actually, this is a you know a whole range of human activities where we basically permit bad things to happen to the head. Mm, mm. And you compare it to the fact that I can really vividly remember my mum saying, "Every time you hit your head, you lose a hundred brain cells." <laughs> yeah, I think you now, said I think that before. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, that's I mean made up, but also probably true. Not the number necessarily. But you are definitely like doing yourself. It's not a doing you any good, is it's it? It's not doing it's you not any good. It's not just like a punch on the arm. And the, the the brain is incredibly sophisticated. And of course, if you're damaging it, there are going to be some unpleasant consequences. Yeah. Um, and I, I think actually something that we can't really go into that much, just because we don't quite understand it, but is really worth mentioning, is that when it comes to people experiencing concussions differently, there is a there is a real difference between men and women. So women sustain, for some reason, much more severe concussions and take longer to recover. Um, Not enough evidence at the moment to say why that is, and it needs more investigation and research. Hopefully that will will happen. It hasn't happened yet. Um, So some sort of possible explanations are... And and this one is, I I think feels plausible just on average women's neck muscles uh, and and necks are thinner yeah yeah so the neck is uh there's less muscle in the neck and it's less uh strong and therefore slightly less able to act as a buffer really to a a big knock to the head yeah yeah yeah. um so that that's one explanation there's some really interesting stuff around the effect of hormones so and again this is small sample size stuff but um, it looks like at different stages of uh, a woman's menstrual cycle, mm. a concussion will be better or, or worse, which is okay. sort of like really yeah. hard to get your head around why that might be, to the extent that um, people have suggested that taking contraceptive, so a contraceptive that effectively, in very broad terms, a sort of contraceptive pill just evens out the, the hormonal levels. Right. And if you were to take something like that, it might improve your recovery and, and severity of uh, concussions. Right. Which is this is clearly something we don't know a lot about, though, don't, isn't it? Don't don't know very much at all about it. No. Right. But it's being it's being worked on. There's some there's some pretty yeah. I think there's some pretty compelling evidence around, but n- nobody nobody really knows right, why. Yeah. yeah. Like, can I can understand yeah. uh, where the where the causality is. So how long have we been looking into, you know, blows to the head and what they do? Well, that, like, I mean, sort of ages. And it used to be just like, uh, so the, the obvious one is boxing. Yeah. Where yeah. it's not just like a, a sort of corollary of the sport. It is the sport. Yeah, it's your is getting your head what they smashed do. in. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. not that I particularly want them to work the body. But if I've got a choice, I'm probably saying work the body, not, yeah. not yeah, work the head. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, and, and, you know, so people would talk about, you know, people being punched drunk. Yeah. And, and punch drunk is just when someone is sort of dazed and sort of, you know, like staggering around. Yeah. Um, and, and that normally is, is concussive effects. Yeah. But it was sort of, and, you know, people would talk about in, in quite 
you know, sort of disparaging terms as well. It's like this, you know, this guy's dozy. And yeah. you could see in... So people have done studies of boxers and there are certain boxers um, who sort of style, if you like, means that they get hit more and they are having more brain problems as, right. a, as a consequence. And as soon as you read that, you're like, well, well, yes. Yeah, I know. I mean, uh, yes. I, I, I sort of struggle with this because I, I just don't like boxing. I don't like watching boxing. I, for me, it isn't one of those sports that I get any pleasure out of. I watch it in the same way that some people watch, you know, those videos like where people, you know, like have some horrible pratfall happen to them, you know, yeah, some yeah, accident, yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. hilarious to watch and yeah. entertaining. You've like, framed. Yeah, effectively. Yeah. I watch, some people are horrified and just can't watch those things. I'm the same with boxing. I just I just look at it and I'm like, why am I watching somebody mm. punching somebody else? I wouldn't watch a fight in the street. And I know this is entirely consensual and, you know, yeah. and it's making money and they're both sort of, you know, hoping to, to profit from it in some way. But I just feel like surely we've gone beyond just like watching people punch each other. I will watch Taekwondo at the Olympics, though. Well, there you go. I mean, interestingly, uh, I both like boxing and would watch a fight in the street. A hundred percent. And and, and, get and take part in a fight in the street. Not, ideally not. Ideally not. Uh, whenever I've taken part in fights in the street, I've always got absolute shivering. <laughs> I'm not a fighter. No. Um, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a mental blows guy. Um, but, but we've known about or something about the effects of, of blows to the head for, I mean, literally hundreds of years. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I asked Hannah about it. The kind of first recognition of concussion more generally is way back in the 10th century, although kind of since then it has been clouded in not just kind of a lack of critical data, but also confusion in terminology, which has kind of been very helpful for those who benefit from there not being a link between concussion and certain things, um, sport in particular, which is kind of where I come in. So we've known about it for a really long time, and I think it's often cast as a new phenomenon, especially in sport, but the the concussion crisis began more than a century ago and concussions were identified among American footballers in the game's first decade. So American football, for example, was a hybrid of English rugby and soccer in the kind of 1890s and was played by a number of elite American colleges. And there's some kind of headlines from around that time, um, from like 1887 to 1894, that included dead from football injuries, more slugging than playing, and slugging is kind of a term usually used in boxing. It's where the kind of um, punch drunk syndrome came in in 1928. Boxers were called slug nutty because they were being hit so much that they were kind of, you know, not acting normally. They were kind of displaying symptoms of Parkinson's. They were slurring their speech. And there's even a kind of New York Times headline that proclaimed the present rugby game of football as played in this country is a very risky pastime and that it carried nearly the same risk that a soldier assumes on the battlefield, which is like kind of an extreme headline if you think about, you know, what we kind of consider sport to be. Um, so it's been going on for a really, really long time. But I think especially with sports and especially in this country, they've kind of hidden behind this kind of idea that it's a new phenomenon, that we haven't known about it for very long, that the kind of the science is in its infancy. So, yeah, this has been going on for, for a really long time, basically. 
Well, first thing to say is Slug Nutty is brilliant. <laughs> I'm liking it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to try and bring that back. <laughs> and I know it's not funny, but also uh, it is funny. And sometimes you just have to accept these things. Um, but so, yeah, we've known about the sort of the effect of being punch drunk since the, the 20s, 1920s. Right. Um, it was then uh, sort of given a sort of posh name, uh, which was Dementia uh, Pugilistica. Um, we're sort of, you know, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then uh, in the end, it kind of got rebranded um, what you would probably heard of now as, as CTE, uh, which is Chronic Traumatic Encephalopathy. Right, Easy okay. Easy for me to say. Yeah. Encephalopathy. Yeah. Chronic Traumatic Encephalopathy. Um, so it it's sort of shocking that it's been around for so long and yet just not much has been done about it to try and yeah, protect yeah. people or even warn them of the of, of the dangers. I mean I know Hannah's I'm mean, Hannah's you know with her book Delicate Game was this was kind of like a the first time somebody's really come out and like put all this together and said Hang yeah. on a minute, you know that's that's not really acceptable, is it? And it's caused quite a sort of quite a stir, hasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and because it, we've just like that's just part of the game. It's just you know, it's, it's just how really it is. Really been sort of brushed under the carpet for for various reasons that we will get into. And actually, we need to talk about a case that that sort of I think started this in 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 motion, which was in two thousand and two, and it's an NFL. Uh, player called called Mike Webster, who you may you may or may not have heard of, but he was a very famous and successful uh, NFL player. Right. Pla- play- played a lot, won a lot, and we'll get into his his case and then the rise and fall of you know we love a naughty doctor, <laughs> we do, and there is a naughty doctor here, oh, of course and he's there called Doctor Paul McCrory, and he. Um, I wonder if this is litigious. It might be. But, I mean, this guy is bad news. And and then we will try and answer the question, is concussion a big problem in, in today's sports? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, so I actually know pretty much nothing about the NFL, and I've never heard of Mike Webster. Tell me about him. Okay, so he was uh, nicknamed, not the only guy nicknamed Iron Mike, but he's one of the Iron Mikes. Uh, I mean, you're looking at one. Yeah. <laughs> that was very good. <laughs> uh, but he was, uh, he's like, you know, a sort of four Super Bowl rings guy. Okay, you know, which yeah, is which yeah, is yeah. impressive. He, yeah. He's in the Hall of Fame. He played, I think, like 220 games, which 
for American football is a lot. Right. It's more than any other player in. So he played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, more than any other player in in their in their history. Um, and once he retired, he just got really ill. Um, and I think lots of lots of professional sports people, and it, and this again, I think confounds stuff slightly. Lots of professional sports people, when they retire, struggle. Yeah, struggle to yeah, adjust yeah, yeah. to, you know, quote unquote normal life. Yeah, but this this was extreme with with Mike Webster. So you know, he he was uh, like, what's it? I read he'd like he sort of pissed in the oven, <gasps> okay. um, and would sleep in a like sleep under the the railway arches and. Uh, sort of threatened strangers and his teeth were falling out and he tried to super glue them back in and like he 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 was in he was in real problems he would taser himself (gasps) to try because he couldn't sleep so he'd try and get himself to sleep by tasering himself like the the, the guy's life has totally fallen apart like it's really sad and then and and then he died aged 50 um and so he he got examined by uh, some doctors or like uh, at an autopsy they they looked at his looked at his brain and they were expecting they might see something like that dementia pugilistica yeah the the, the same sort of brain injuries as as, yeah. as boxers get um and it just wasn't there they couldn't they they just couldn't see anything like that, and they and they thought, well, maybe that's because of the the helmets that they wear. Maybe that's that's protecting them. But fundamentally, if you think about the sort of mechanics of it, the helmet's not actually going to protect you from that. If it's still, yeah, yeah you're still. You, if you get a big enough impact, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. your brain is still potentially going to yeah. whack into it's still the sides, against, yeah. whacking against the skull. Um, and so they they were, I think, quite surprised that there was nothing. There was nothing immediately obvious there that, that that had gone wrong, and so kind of hard hard to explain effectively. So this pathologist called uh, Bennett Omalu was basically wondering what an explanation could be, and so he 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 got some some brain slices, mm-hmm. um, and then you know started looking at them that these these very thin sort of slithers staining them and trying to see if there was any kind of unusual patterns couldn't see anything just didn't look abnormal looked like clean clean tissue entirely and then he was looking again so this was going on over a sort of matter of weeks and he was looking again and he noticed these weird sort of dark splotches and he could see them uh and i guess he used a different stain or something as why they, why these came up but yeah. not not something he was expecting to see and he's looking and thinking this is quite odd and it turns out it's a, a build-up of a protein called called tau, and in a healthy human brain, uh, it it has a sort of weird sort of lubricating function. I don't quite understand what it mm. does, to be honest. But in unhealthy brains, it can it can clump together. Yeah. Um. And that was what what he was seeing. It's sort of like this sort of weird sludge that can it, it basically clogs the brain up and ends up killing some some healthy cells. Um. And that's what it look like was happening here and so uh omelu went to see this this very eminent um 
neuropathologist who I think was his his old lecturer maybe. Right. So I took him the took him the slides and said and, and said, I just want you to have a look at these. I'm not going to tell you where they're from or or what's going on. Just just have a look and and tell me tell tell me what you see and what you think about it. And and so the 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 guy looked at it. He was like, Well, this is Alzheimer's. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. And, Clumping uh, of tau protein. Yeah. Yeah. And um and he's and he's like this why why are you bringing this is un this is unremarkable this is just and the guy's like well keep keep on keep keep on looking because it's not Alzheimer's and the guy's like okay and then uh, the guy sort of has a think about it and he says ah oh, it's a boxer um, and the guy's like not a boxer either so this is a real yeah this is an this is a real you know, expert in in the field who's yeah. looking at it and is genuinely surprised by what the guy is telling him, because you, you when you look at the brain, it doesn't look like it's been battered at all. It yeah. it looks entirely fine. On a normal autopsy, you'd have no signs of anything having gone wrong. You you'd have to know some some history of yeah. a, 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 about the case to work to work it out. Um, and this is the first time that. Between them, these two sort of joked and said, "Well, this is like dementia footballistica. This is like a new, a, a new thing that we just that we just haven't haven't really seen." Yeah. Um. And uh, and so it was a real um step change, I think, in in how neuropathologists started to think about the 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 kind of damage that might be done to. To yeah, American footballers, to all, footballers all the brains. players going through that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, because he like his his experience, Mike Webster's experience is um, unremarkable. Yeah, he played a lot of games, but he's not he's not getting hit any more than anyone else, particularly. Yeah. Um. But then he's yeah he's he's dead at fifty, and it yeah it looks like it's these clumps, sludgy clumps of of tau protein, um that would not get noticed unless you knew to look for it. Wow. Okay. And presumably, this is happening in you know in all of those. Like, it will be happening in boxers, right? And it will probably be happening in rugby players who aren't wearing helmets. So, is it happening in footballers as well? Yeah. So, so the statistics in American football aren't great. And I asked Hannah whether we're seeing something similar in football. Footballers are 3.5 times more likely to die with dementia and other serious neurological diseases than the general population. And that was part of a landmark study um, by Dr. Riley Stewart and the Glasgow Brain Injury Research Group, which was funded by the FA and the PFA, who kind of didn't really have a choice after kind of all the... Or, or the sort of, I guess, non-work they've been doing in that area. So we know that, you know, that's a really staggering number and... Again, there's still people that will sort of push back against that. But, you know, f heading a football has been taken out for under 14s because they are recognising a very real danger here. So, you know, Jeff Astor was a really um, prolific header of the ball and it was heading a football that killed him, that kind of caused a CTE to manifest. And, yeah, even in, his, in the inquest into his death, that was the cause of death, was industrial disease, meaning his industry had killed him. First of all, I do like the term non-work for yeah. what is effectively medical negligence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great euphemism. Yeah. Well done, Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's, there's loads now 
of um, ex-sports players, contact sports players, who've developed CTE, which they are claiming was the result of the contact sports that yeah. they, they, they were doing. But the amazing thing is that this is not the view of a really influential panel of experts called the Concussion in Sports Group. Now, these this is a, a research group who are endorsed by the, the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, FIFA, World Rugby, International Hockey Federation. Like they've, they've got the ears of all of the big yeah. sporting bodies. And I think uh, you'll start to realise why. Uh, because they, they say it's still not possible to say that there's a cause and effect relationship between CT and sports-related concussions. Now... Oh, like the tobacco sort of situation? It, it, it's... It's so similar, I think. Um, so just this as sort of idea of saying... spread doubt. Yeah, you, you just spread a bit of doubt and you just say, well, we don't... You know, I, I think that they're classic things. So they had, this is all really recent. So back in October, I think, was the last time they met. Yeah. And the gist of their meetings is, is to say, yeah, we just need to do a bit more research. We need a bit more evidence. It's just classic. Um, and lots of other groups of people... Uh, a very influential one in America, actually, are saying we don't need more evidence. We've 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 got it. Like it, it's really clear. Yeah, it's really clear. Um, and like, what do you think will happen? I mean, you know, you constantly banging people on the head. It's so intuitive. You've got three point five yeah. times more footballers dying of dementia than, yeah. than the general public. Well, again, they would they would say that thing of ah, but ex-footballers, there's all sorts of other stuff going on with them that may influence this. And you're just trying right. to muddy the issue, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. But it's such a... It's such a bold position, in a way, to go... It's so counterintuitive. Like any, you ask anyone on the street, are you going to have you know some issues from... Maybe not like heading. People might be a bit surprised by that in, in, in football. Yeah. But like rugby, American football, that kind of stuff, like boxing, repeated like impact to the head... Do you think that is going to cause you problems down the line? People would be like, "Well, yeah, yeah." And so they're taking a position that is that is contrary to that, and they haven't really <laughs> and they're sort of, and, and and they're maintaining it. And they've been maintaining it for years. The burden of proof should be the other way around, shouldn't it? it? Really, yeah. You, you think the precautionary principle would be very yeah. sensible yeah. here? And they 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 have informed sports policy for years. And whenever cases like this have come up, it's it's them that the defendants will turn to will say, well, no, these guys have said, you know, that there's no link. So, you know, what, what, what could we yeah. possibly, I mean, the do? only, the only thing I will say is that, you know, a body like FIFA is really, I mean, really not known for sort of muddying the waters or <laughs> ignoring, ignoring uncomfortable information at all. Well, that's right. It is surprising from FIFA. Um, the, the one actually really significant, um, point around this is is recovery time and so they have this group have very much uh sort of established the direction of travel when it comes to how much time do people need to recover after a concussion or suspected concussion the naughty doctor dr paul dr paul mccrory uh he's the he was the founding member of the group, um, one of its lead authors in terms of publishing papers. He's an expert in concussion. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is now, uh, was he resigned or sacked? I'm not quite sure. I should probably check that. He is now no longer the head of that head of that group. Loads of papers have been retracted from the journal that he used to, he used to edit as well. Uh-huh. Um, 
partly due to plagiarism. Um, and th- this guy, he, I, I have no idea why he would, why he would do this particularly. I think you maybe have some guesses yourself. Uh, as to what as to what might be happening I here, couldn't possibly. No, no, couldn't no. Couldn't possibly suggest it. No, at all. no, of course not. No, um, but he he has absolutely been pushing the idea that everything's fine. Yeah. Um, and if so, you know, unrelated. Uh, part that thought. Imagine if you're world rugby, um, and you want to increase the popularity of the game, play more games, take it, you know, to new territories, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. What you want to hear is that everything is fine. What you don't want to hear is actually this is quite bad. You should probably try and reduce the number of games that are being played because that will be in the in the interests of the of the of the players' yeah. health. So so yeah, you you there's there's what you want to hear and there's what you what you should be hearing and for some reason these people have been telling them what they what they would want to hear. Yeah. I wonder why. I don't know. I don't know. It's impossible to work out why. It yeah. really it really is. Um oh hang on. Oh something occurs to me. Uh, yeah. Um <laughs> so since since like 2001 the naughty doctors whole thing has been to say uh there's no scientific evidence that sustaining like lots of concussions over a sporting career will necessarily result in permanent damage. It's skeptical of any links between CTE and degenerative brain disease and concussion and subconcussive right. blows. But he has been now largely discredited, I would say. And that is a good thing because it's sort of opening up the way for the other voices in the field. Yeah, a kind so, of fair and balanced discussion, maybe. Well, well yeah, exactly that. Um, and so I, I asked Hannah about that. With things like Alzheimer's, there's millions of people with Alzheimer's in the UK alone. There's no cure. Like, there's still no, not enough research being done in that area. And it's like, if you can kind of shine a light on this in that way, like maybe bringing those two things together, like there could be more done in that area. But I'd like to see things change. I think the argument needs to stop happening. It needs to stop being a kind of us and them situation where it's sport versus the athletes or the at least the injured athletes and actually needs to kind of reconcile and come together and think how can we work together because... I think for too long it's it's yeah it's been a fight and it's been a battle and actually the only people that lose whether they get advocacy or not are the players that are injured and their families because there's no going back and so I don't know I feel like it's probably too late for this generation but maybe in future generations things can change I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you're not going to change fundamentals of certain sports. Like, taking heading out of football, mm. for instance, doesn't seem like a reasonable but, but, option. But no. you can say, okay, that generation, like the under-14s, they're not going to do it. And then you wonder, actually, or well, maybe, you know, you would extend that and then maybe you you might change the game. Well, yeah, I, I think if you... It, it's hard to know how a game might evolve if you say, okay, you're not allowed to head until, you know, you're you're over 14. You'd start to think, well, maybe I'm not that keen on on heading. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, wh- why wasn't I allowed to do it before, and why am I allowed to do it now? Yeah. Um, and maybe you would just see a, a subtle change in the, almost like the way that the game was played. I, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Um, but also, if you think about rugby, it's um, you know you just 
reduce the amount of impact training you do. So yeah, fine on the field, you try and protect players as as, as best you can, but definitely you want to reduce the amount of impact in in training. Like yeah. that just doesn't doesn't make any sense to to do that. Um, FIFA to give them some credit, I think uh, now at the uh, at the at the World Cup. In, in Qatar, they had this thing where you could have a concussion substitute. So additional to your five substitutes, you could have a sixth uh, okay. concussion sub. Yeah. I think that's a really good thing. Yeah. Um, one of the big issues has been around recovery time. And again, this is this is Paul McCrory. Paul McCrory pushed. It, it was sort of recommendation three weeks out after a concussion. Yeah. And he said, actually, six days is probably... Oh, is probably fine, and that has been well, classic naughty Paul actually, and that has been um, the, the, the case uh, for, for a while now. And it's it's really it's really current this stuff. So I don't know if you remember, there was an American footballer, well, a couple of months ago, um, who got a what certainly looked like a a concussion in a game. The doctors said because uh, he kind of he like uh, after the after the blow, he kind of like stumbles a bit. Yeah, it's just a real tell yeah uh, and the, the the medical team said oh no that's from a that's a back injury actually so that's what's making him him, right. him, him do that yeah and then he, he he played in the next game so this is let's say he played on a saturday next game's on a thursday he played in it and got concussed again and then everyone was like this is this is bad because you can't just just watching it you're like well it must it must be bad to to, to get concussed and then get concussed again yeah. very shortly yeah. afterwards? That's that's yeah. like your brain's you trying to repair and you just and, and you're you not giving it you're not giving it, it enough yeah, enough time. Yeah. And now, um, you know, legal action is is starting, and I think there's going to be what well, the players are just saying. Yeah, you know yeah. What? So there's 200 ex rugby players now Oof. who who are, who are taking legal action. There's not going to be and much room in the court, is there? No, and also it's going to be quite intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> but I think people are really waking up to the yeah. fact that this is this is a very serious issue that hasn't been taken that, seriously. That enough. hasn't been that taken seriously because the legal action must be well. The legal action you know is effectively what? you knew you did you you did know, but you chose not to, and they will be you made money and now out of our... it is much harder, I think, yeah. to sort of say. But Doctor Paul said, <laughs> Doctor Paul said, <laughs> he said it was neuromythology. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's uh, it'll be really interesting to see see where it goes. I mean, so, something that I read about that I, I kind of. I liked in terms of the sort of mitigation of of this because you can't, as you say, very hard to actually change the sport. Yeah. But there's some guys who are developing um, a really clever bandage. So for American football players, and it's this is literally at test stage. They've not even tried it on 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 real people yet. There's too many. There's too much sort of. Um, guff attached to it at the moment, wires and stuff. So you need like a, a slimline wireless version. But effectively, the idea is it would be a bandage that you wear around your neck Yeah, that wouldn't affect you. Would you, The idea is you, you barely notice it's there. Um, and it can detect uh, like mechanical stress. Yeah. And then using that in tandem with, you know, sophisticated bit of, um, you know, AI probably, you can work out the likelihood of any given sort of impact, because it's a good place to measure the neck, yeah, yeah. is going to cause a concussion. So you could have that in real time, 
during the game yeah. to get, really give you some clear information that then feeds straight to the medical staff on the sidelines uh, about you know the the state of your player after after an impact. Yeah, you can imagine the sort of wearable technology inside yeah, the helmet yeah, or yeah. something. Just accelerometers saying you know, there's a limit to how much yeah. acceleration you should be allowed to experience. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they're, yeah, I'm not quite sure because they, they 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 thought about trying to do it on particular sort of impact points, and, yeah. and decided that the neck was the best. Okay. But I guess you could extend it, you know, in, in, into the. Well, if they want to take seem. my idea, I think you know, and I'll give them that for free. Well, that's that's very sweet of you. <laughs> so for once, I think the answer to our question is really straightforward. Yeah, it's clearly the question is, yes. Is concussion a real issue in sports right now? Yeah. Yeah. And I know Hannah's been, you know, talking about this for quite a long time now, but it does feel like, okay, you know, there's some impact been made, like this court case, which will probably, I guess, be, you know... Well, it's a, it's a big class action, so it will, it will take a while, but I, I, mean, I suppose this year, yeah. coming year. So we um, might start to see some real sort of legisl- legislative changes in, mm-hmm. um, in the way sports are done, where, the way kids interact with sport as well, I guess as yeah. well, will have to change. If, if this action comes out a certain way, those sporting bodies are going to have to change the way sort of youth programmes are allowed to sort of, you know, yeah. impact kids, won't they? Yeah. And also, it's just an awareness thing, isn't it? Like, if you just think about parents and what parents will think about this stuff when they hear more about it. Yeah. They're just going to be like, well, I don't really want my kids doing that. Yeah. Um, so, it's a really serious issue. It's fantastic that Hannah is highlighting it. Along yeah. with, along with, like, well, she's w- learned Willie. so much from us, hasn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking, Hannah, in in one single project, has uh, effected more in meaningful change than we have <laughs> in many, many years of working together. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, good, good, good honour. Concussion is a massive issue in sport right now. It's been labelled a concussion crisis. It's been going on for over a century although it's often described as a new phenomenon and I think now what we're seeing is just the extent of some of those decisions of it being ignored for so long of sort of sporting bodies governments choosing to look the other way in favor of I guess making the sport more like desirable for other people coming through also there's a lot of money that goes into sport including ad revenue and we just don't want the thing that we love or the thing that is so aspirational to be bad for us but I think what we're seeing now are just staggering numbers of players who are being diagnosed with early onset dementia in their 40s the kind of onus is on the families to take care of them And actually kind of as social media has expanded, what we're seeing is those people kind of coming together, being able to share their stories and actually realizing that they're not alone because I think for a very long time, so many people thought it was just them. I think the next reckoning will be in women's sports because we just haven't seen as many athletes come through um, in the same way that we have in men's sports. But what we have seen are a number of women who have died by suicide who have sustained multiple traumatic brain injuries whose families are now kind of having the courage to come out and I think that number will just rise and rise and rise so I think the crisis has always been there but I think now it's only getting the media attention and the platform that it deserves and that it needs to ensure that 
changes are made and that player welfare is kind of front and centre of this debate, not whether or not there is a problem. We know there's a problem. The kind of the question now is what are we going to do about it? Well, yeah. I mean, I think just going back to that that class action that these 200 rugby players are, are pursuing, the crux of it, I suspect, will be that concussion used to have a three-week mandatory stand-down yeah. in, in rugby. And then in 2011, they changed that to, to six days, largely based on stuff that that, that group run by Paul McCrory said wow. so and and they've actually they've gone back to um to the to the three week rule I mean really recently like last last summer yeah um but that's a sort of 10 year chunk where you've reduced the recovery time and I think people would just be saying you should never have done that yeah yeah um and <laughs> it's, it's pretty hard to justify it it's amazing, and the, you know what Hannah said about women's sport as well. It's just mm. just another level of of you know refusing to engage and refusing to sort of acknowledge that there's a problem that, we're, that is, is coming up here. Especially and, when, as we said at the start, the problem is worse. Yeah, I feel like that was uh, a good but bleak episode. <laughs> well, we do we Not do much. that every now and then. Don't yeah, we? we do, we do. We'll have a fun one next week. Eureka is a stack production presented by Dr. Michael Brooks and Rick Edwards. The production team is Temi Adebayo, Katie Baxter, Luke Moore and Charlie Morgan. Sound designed by Katie Baxter. Special thanks to today's expert, the Naughty Doctor. I'm joking. No thanks to the Naughty Doctor. Thanks to Hannah Walker-Brown. Please subscribe and rate wherever you listen to your podcast. It does make a massive difference. We also really love hearing from you guys. So if you have any burning questions you want us to answer, drop us an email at eureka at stack.london or you can find us, as always, on Twitter at EurekaPod. Eureka is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.